Welcome back to another edition of the State of Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Riccario. I'm Matt Leong. I'm Peyton Smith. And I'm Matt Dolphy. And on today, we are talking all things MLB on this Saturday edition of the State of Sports Podcast. And we're going to talk about the Kyle Korver Privileged article published on the Players' Tribune. So stay tuned. Let's do it. And we're back with the MLB side of things on this edition of the State Sports Podcast. Um, it's what April thirteenth. Uh, yep. Two weeks into the season. Two two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks and a few days. Uh, yeah, just in, just a little over two weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, let's just touch on every division race because every team's coming out the box differently. Uh, let's start our own National West, National League West. Giants to... are not last. <laughs> Giants, are, that's the key. That's, that's a major key. Say. Hey, they're six and nine right now. I think they're up on the Rockies at the oh, moment. Three, two, yeah. Uh, yeah, but but like, yeah. Every 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 time you're a Giants fan, you see they take the lead. It means nothing. You gotta wait. Yeah. You gotta wait. You gotta wait until that final oh, score. That final score notification hits your inbox. But until that happens, it's not like it's not like we'll get to another team. But it's not. There's another team in in baseball where if they take the lead, you're like, all right, that's a dub. Like, whereas like with the Giants. They take an early early lead, that five run lead against the Padres, like a couple days ago. Oh yeah, didn't mean anything. Didn't mean anything. So, we're just happy that the Giants are in last, Mm -hmm. and um, I'm happy for the Padres. But uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all I got to say. The Dodgers aren't in first. Giants aren't in last. See, see, I'm I'm pretty. Like this is the best timeline right now. Like the Rockies (laughs) are like absolutely. not playing up to expectations. They're three and eleven. Uh, the Giants aren't in last, which I'm happy to see. That um, there's still some relevancy. Kevin Pillar has been absolutely monster for you guys. We all know that. Um, the Dodgers, he literally is the entire offense. Like yeah. it's it's insane. Yeah, it's not Brandon Belt. It's not Pablo Sandoval. It's Kevin Pillar, who you guys just traded for. Um, but the D-backs are in purgatory. We could say baseball purgatory. Yeah, they'll be in purgatory until they completely blow it up. Yeah. And then the Dodgers uh, started real hot. Started real hot, and then real not. Yeah, Cody's still hot. Yeah, Cody's that's, that's the thing I have to say. Shout out to Cody Bellinger. He's uh, he's been doing quite well lately. Early NL MVP. Yeah, he's he's looking like a, a contender at least. Um, I'm not sure if he still does, but I know for a good chunk of time he led the NL in home runs. I think he still might. Um, but yeah, Dodgers. Five and five over the last ten, but I think those five losses came all in a row. So it's uh it's an interesting one. But I mean, hey, I'm here to I'm here to listen to you talk about the Padres, man. I'm excited for this one. Okay, we'll talk about the Padres when it when it comes time for Slight and Glide, because they're my glide. Okay, we all enough. know that. Okay, but let's let's go to the uh, NL Central race real quick. Um, pretty contested, not gonna lie. The top four teams so uh top all the teams split by four games. Brewers at the top, the Cardinals half a game back. Pirates a full game back. Cubs are three and a half back, and Reds four back. But we didn't really expect anything from the Cubs or the Reds, did we? Reds, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the real story here is the Cubs, who yeah. five and eight. Like they they need to turn it around as the window closing. I think we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that in a sec. Uh, the East, the Mets, are they putting it together? That's one of my topics that we're gonna talk about. Obviously, the Phillies with Bryce Harper. The Braves are seven and six, um, locking up their players Acuna and Albies to long term deals. Uh, the rotation's looking a little shaky, but it's getting there. They're getting a Fulton Evitz back within the week. And the Marlins, we all know the Marlins are an absolute dumpster fire at the moment. <laughs> to the AL West, where it's the weirdest timeline. No, I won't say it's the weirdest timeline, but it's a weird timeline. It's like similar to the, the NL East, too. They're both over, those divisions are kind of similar in how they progress, I guess, through like the teams, how they battle with each other and where they stand so far. Wait, are you talking about the AL West and the NL East? I thought yeah. I, w- I would make the, I would make the con- comparison to the NL Central and the AL West. Yeah, yeah. That that because it's it's four teams that are kind of relevant, and that the teams like eh. And I think that's the same thing with this division, where there's like four teams that really could be relevant, and that fifth team being the Rangers that are eh. But the Rangers aren't okay. that bad, but yes, they're still semi irrelevant compared to the Angels, the A's, uh, the Astros, who are beating up on the Mariners. Okay, but the yesterday. only reason the Angels are relevant is because of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, right? Like, correct, but they're they're still they still have enough pop in their lineup to to win a good amount of games. I think they'll probably end up finishing to be around like maybe 
maybe a 70 win team um which is you know that's i think they'll probably end up being like right around a 70 yeah, team that's fair so yeah it's just like they I, I feel like they're always like a good contact hitter away from being a pretty good team because you have upton and uh Pujol still who's still regressing but you have cole Calhoun, you got Simmons. You got they got some good players. They have they have pop. They have pop, and um, I mean obviously aging pop. But I mean the only person who's not who's aging and still is still in their prime is Trout, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and Simmons is coming off the best offensive year of his career. So you have you have bats. It's more the the question for for me coming into the season and the concern I had was the pitching staff. Right. Yeah. Could Losing they get, Garrett Richards? Could they get that together? That's really that's always that's been their kryptonite for the past who knows how long. Ever, ever since Trout's been in his prime, so that's really going to be the question, and whether that pitching staff can stand the test of the the season. So, mm-hmm. uh, quickly over onto the NL Central, the Twins, led by my favorite player in the MLB at the moment, La Tortuga, uh, Williams Astadio. No, okay, we got some crickets over here. Yeah, okay. crickets, just because like Will- Williams Astadio is like he's a freaking monster. You guys got to see some of his highlights. Um, then the Indians behind. Uh, I th- they're actually uh, tied uh, for first. Uh, Twins are seven and four. Indians are eight and five. Detroit Tigers only a half game back. That's Real surprise team to start the season. The White Sox. We all know the White Sox didn't get anyone in the off season. They're four games back. And the Royals, who are three and ten, uh, worst team in baseball. No. Tied with the Marlins. Tied with the Marlins and, and Rockies. Oh, that's right. The Rockies. Shout out to the Rockies for setting the <laughs> bar low. <laughs> Uh, and uh, but but setting the bar low, um, the Red Sox got out to an abysmal start. Let's quickly go over to the AL East, where going from the bottom up, it's the Blue Jays seven back, the Red Sox six and a half back, the Orioles five and a half back, the Yankees five back, all to the first place, um, third best record in the league. Matt, your team. My American League team, the Tampa Bay is, Rays. Is your, your slide and glide team, your glide team? Uh, well, let's let's let's. Is that, is that, is that what's next? Yeah, we're just gonna go right. Okay, into we're it. gonna go straight into it. That's my glide team. They have really surprised me in the early season. I think that I knew they were gonna be better with um, having Morton, and I knew that Glasnow was gonna come out come out and have a big season. Mm-hmm. But I haven't expected this. This is just. A very very big and pleasant surprise to see how well this team is playing, especially in the division that they're in, and how much talent is in this division. You have, of course, the the Bronx Bombers. I mean, uh, even though they're pretty beat up right now um, with injuries, I still expected the Tampa Bay to be like, without a doubt, the third best team in that division, not to get out to this head this hot of a start. So I'm definitely really happy to see this. Um, Blake Snell. Business as usual, um, t- getting it done. But the rest of the pitching staff is looking scary good. I'm so telling you, they're they because they've always been ahead on the, like at least the sabermetric trends because they always did shifts before anyone else. And they're doing they're implementing the opener strategy. I remember last year yep. we were talking about that. But they got guys like Jalen Beeks, um, Ryan Stanek, like real good guys that are op- starting with two, three solid innings for them. Then they'll let these guys like uh, Glasnow, who's been really filthy. This is this is this is really his come out year. Let's not let's all be honest because he had one good year. Or he had a decent rookie campaign in Pittsburgh. Then he got traded over. Was eh. This year he's really uh, came out filthy curveball, filthy stuff. Um, along with Morton, as you said, who's aging. And then we obviously got the a reigning AL Cy Young, Blake Snell. Yeah, it's it's this is very very exciting. Um, just because I've watched the Rays for a while now, um, dating all the way back to when they made the World Series mm-hmm. back in two thousand and ten. No, 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 no. It's two thousand eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, it was because the they they lost to the Phillies. I oh, know yeah. the Giants. Yeah. The Giants won in two thousand ten. Yeah. That's why. Oh, I know. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> but two thousand eight. They've they've been the 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 Tampa Bay Rays have always been an organization that breeds that just develops pitching very well. Um, whether it be David Price or Jeremy Hellickson at the time, or Chris Archer or Matt Moore, and now Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. They've had a knack for developing young pitchers, so I'm really excited to see where this team goes because they have the pitching and their offense is somewhat coming around right now. So Tommy Pham, uh, Austin Meadows. Yeah, it's it's a good team, so I'm I'm excited to see. Hopefully, they can keep this up. But you never know. To do it in that division too. I know that's what I'm saying. And 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 the biggest thing that we're I think as as great as they're playing, it's cemented by the fact that they're getting out to a five game lead two weeks into the season. They have a team with a winning record in that division. Yes, that's that's true. (laughs) <laughs> that's crazy. 
Yeah, so not to piggyback too much off of what Matt said, but my glide team is also the Rays. Um, it's just something kind of interesting. Their opening day playoff odds. Does anyone want to take a guess at what that was sitting at? 200 to 1. Uh, it's in percentage, actually. So Okay, so was that uh, the odds to make the playoffs? Point zero zero their odds five? to make the playoffs. 0.005%. So, so they're beginning. So opening day odds is 28.2%. Over the last two weeks, that has jumped 31.5%. They are now sitting at 59.7% to make the playoffs. Um, as you mentioned, their pitching staff is looking amazing. Uh, they currently hold baseball's best uh, ERA. at sitting at a 1.98 for the team. Um, they also have a really, really good bullpen ace, Jose Alvarado. He's been looking really good for them, really solid in a few key uh, later inning situations. Um, their offense, it's been good. It's been solid. It's something you can definitely build behind. It's a 103 OPS. And I mean, heck, I mean, like, like, like you guys said, the, the rest of their division is off to a real slow start here. So I'd be interested to see if they can keep it up, but it's looking pretty good for them so far. Yeah. Uh, Peyton, my glide team, glide team. the Mariners. Okay. The Mariners. I mean, they've came out in once again, a, a division that's, the top heavy, I mean, the past couple of seasons, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, man, they're putting up runs. It is crazy the production they're getting right now. Well, I think in run differential, they're plus 38. 30, 38? Yeah. Jeez. 123 to 85. Yeah. So, like, from what I've watched with them, the highlights, I honestly, like, beginning season of baseball, haven't been paying attention to many teams. <laughs> I haven't been t- paying attention to many teams, but one team that always – seems to pop up is the Mariners. Mariners just oh like putting up almost like ten run games. Like it is consistently. Consistent. It is crazy. It's scary almost. Like as a pitching staff going up against a team like that, I got like what do you do? Like hope yeah. the hope you hold them to what four runs? Yeah. That's and that and that was the team that I was refer- referring to earlier without naming them. A team that's like once they take the lead, I'm like that's a dub. Yeah. That's a win. Because yeah. once one because the pitching staff is good enough to the pitching staff has been good enough. But mm. it's the offensive it's the offense. offensive production that's been off the charts. I mean Domingo Santana has twenty two RBIs. Dan Vogelback? Yeah. Dan Vogelback has, has has a crazy amount of home runs. I don't know how many no, home his, runs. No, his OPS is like off the charts. It's really? like one point six. That's crazy. That, that's broken. Like the fact that the fact that Domingo Santana has 22 RBIs is just beyond me. Like I, it's just insane the way the way that this team is playing. Um, Beckham to Beckham to Gordon to Jay Bruce to Domingo Santana to Edwin Encarnacion. Like mm-hmm. all these names that I'm saying are um, are big names, have been big names for their teams, their respective teams. But now that's all kind of coming together. And one through nine, this lineup is producing on a nightly basis, and that is something. If you're in the American League West, it's consistent. To be very scared of moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Especially since you're, they're they're going to play the Astros another thirteen, ten, or, like ten or twelve times this year, and the same thing for the rest of the division. Um, even though they did get smacked by by the Astros the other night, this team looks very good, and I'm very surprised. Um, but I was I'm surprised just because of like like we looked at them like. When they completely dismantled like half of their team, yeah, it was just a, like uh, we we, we know, wrote we wrote this team out. We definitely wrote we wrote I, I wrote them off because I didn't think that they were gonna. I thought this was gonna be a huge rebuild year where they were just gonna get more trade stock with their pieces and just send them off mm-hmm. um, as but, they got good. Uh, that's gonna be a topic for later. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. All right, sounds good. Uh, Mac, wait, who's your glide team? I said Tampa. Oh, yeah. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. Well? Tampa. Okay. My glide team, Homer here, uh, San Diego Padres. Uh, ten and five, saw. seven and three in the last ten that we've lo- we've won three straight. Albeit it's not against the best competition. Come on, we've played what? We, okay, we've played one good team. That's the Cardinals. But we've played the Giants twice, two series, seven games. I think we took five of them. Uh, the D-backs, which we're currently in, we've taken two of the first uh, this four series. And we lost, so we've taken we're three and two against them. So regardless, we've been playing okay. A ten and five, I think. The biggest thing is that our starting pitching. Um, there's some of these real no-name guys, like that. I, like even as a Padre fan, as that's studying some of this stuff, it's like Nick Margavishis. Like he hasn't pitched above Double A. Chris Paddock. We all know that he's been having a fantastic spring. Eric Lauer, Joey Lucchese, second-year guys that are finally coming into their own. 
but Nick Margavishes, Pedro Avila, Pedro Avila two nights ago, and we're just piecing together wins. And I think the fact that our offense is finally able to supplant the the young uh, core pitching staff that we have is um, that we're finally able to pick each other up and our bullpen's coming along. Um, I, th- I don't know. I just think that it's a good time to be a San Diego Padres fan. We're accepting applications to join on the bandwagon while you can um, before October hits. Just don't hope for a collapse too early. <laughs> I see, well, see, that's the thing. Uh, uh, as we go dip into the glide teams or the slide teams real quick, you can't win in or you can't make the playoffs in um, April, but you definitely can miss the playoffs in April. It depends on how you get the start of the season. And with that, let's start getting into the slide teams. My slide team, uh, where do I start? Where do Oh, it's in division, Colorado Rockies. I don't think any of us saw this bad of a slide. 3-11. and 11. They've last. lost their last seven. They're 1-9 and nine in their last 10. They've only put up 40 runs on the season. And being that it's like, Nolan Arenado hasn't come around to the plate yet. Their bullpen's still in relative shambles. And... Their starting pitching hasn't really improved. Kyle Freeland, I know he had a really good um, NLDS and NL wildcard game. Hasn't shown anything of the sort since. Story only has nine RBIs and four home runs. He's not... You you need more than Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. And I was going to say, DJ losing DJ LeMahieu to the Yankees is a huge blow for them. Former batting title in, I think, 2015? Was it 15? I'm not sure. He has a batting title under his belt. But yeah, DJ Mayhew batting. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he regardless, as much. Losing, but, yeah. losing a guy like him, 2016, losing a guy like him is really going to hurt your offense, especially when you're reliant on big RBI guys like Arenado, Story, to supplant the power. But uh, I'm trying to think. Who else? Your guys' slide teams. My slide team is... is I'm just going to – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you guys off. I just wanted to get this in before anyone else steals it from me. Uh, it's the Red Sox. Um, this is this is a heck of a World safe, Series hangover, man. Um, this is – I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to continue like this, you know, which is, you know, slide is kind of what we think is going to continue a downward trend. But, but man, Boston's looking real bad lately. And I think one of the biggest problems with that is definitely their pitching. Um, as of right now, they have the third worst combined ERA in pitching. They they have a 6.14 ERA. Um, Chris Sale, I think, currently holds uh, a, a nine-flat ERA over two games pitched. Um, their bats – what was – someone someone told me what Mookie's uh, average was. 232. So far. Yeah, 232. Um, you know, it, everyone looks like they're – they're real sluggish out the gate here. You know, maybe that ends because this is, you know, just the, the classic World Series hangover deal. Maybe it doesn't. You know, Tampa Bay's looking real strong, and the Yankees are always a, a very, very heavy presence breathing right down their necks. So, you know, keep your eyes on keep your eyes on Boston right now. They, they could be an interesting either turnaround story or dumpster fire. See, we shall see, see. Before we get to the next slide team, did I say it? Did I, did I say it last podcast? You did. I, I, yeah, you I, called I, it. I, I, I got to give you I think I did. I think I did, and as as of right now, I'm like LeVar Ball. I'm trying to speak it into existence. It, <laughs> you it, gotta stop, if, with that. dude. I'm telling you, I'm telling. <laughs> I can't take more LeVar. They're Ball. five and ten right now. They're five and ten. The Orioles have a better record than them. That's not gonna yeah, last. Yeah, the Orioles. That's not gonna. I last. know that's not gonna <laughs> last. Yeah. The yeah, Orioles are. Really I know. Early. I know they're only. The Orioles are only a game up, but still. I think I think we still are all. This is funny because I love it's doing these. Weeks. I love I love doing the, the sliding glide, especially because we get to overreact. But we still are in like the first fifteen games. I think yeah. if this was if the Red Sox were um, two months into the season, double double their losses and their wins, like at the end of May, then I would say yeah, no, it's it's panic button panic button mode. Yeah. It's panic button mode time. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Which brings me to my slide team. It's the Chicago Cubs. Um, uh, I I just think that coming into the season, they had a tall order considering the Brewers retooled. Um, and the Brewers look good, by the way. But St. Louis really, Re- really they retooled. Yeah. They Goldie. really retooled. And Pittsburgh looks good. They're off to a very hot start, yeah. Pittsburgh looks good, too. And Chicago is just kind of there. Yeah. And the reason why I consider them my glide is because I, I mean, if they had retooled, really retooled, I would have expected them to be, you know, one of two teams competing for that type for that 
um, NL West because I honestly thought the Brewers might might have might have fallen off, or um, I knew the Cardinals were going to be there. I didn't. The, 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 the Cardinals the, are almost always there. Pittsburgh's a surprise. Pittsburgh's a surprise, yeah. and um, for me personally, I think the Brewers are a surprise. Um, a little more of a surprise than not. But this this Chicago team is is they're gonna they're gonna struggle to find. Um, really any consistency against their division rivals just because like the pitching staff is aging and you have Hamels, Lester, Quintana. Those guys are older. They're getting a lot older. Hendricks is old. He's not super old, but he's known as the doctor. He's just super, he just Mm -hmm. has his old man vibes. Anyway, that's besides (laughs) the fact, but you have some bright spots. Jason Hayward's off to a really hot start. Um, So is Wilson Contreras, which is really nice considering he had a very down year last year, but they're my slide team. That's all I gotta say. Oh, they're mine too. I'm right there with them, the for sure. Like, as you were saying, like it's for the beginning of the season. Uh, it might. You're it's good. weird. I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm right at it, but no, you're trust me, you're good. From right here. Yeah, you're good. Okay, I'm just, I'm just making sure because it mm-hmm. feels, feels weird. But um, no, like I was gonna say, mainly the stuff he was saying, like that. It's mainly not that they are playing terribly. I wouldn't say they're, like, doing bad. It's mainly that the whole division around them just kind of, like, stepped up, got better, and they're kind of just stuck there. They really didn't really do much to improve, didn't move, make make many changes to the lineup, pitching staff or anything. Um, kind of just stayed in the same place. And then so this beginning of the season has really kind of showed that, so. That's why I chose them. It's an interesting point you guys bring up because I was just kind of thinking about like uh, 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 like maybe 10, 15 podcasts ago when we were talking like way, way back in, in 2018 about like whether or not the Brewers were coming up on a situation where their their door for or their opportunity to compete was closing because of their whole uh, roster getting older and and guys guys coming down coming down to uh, expiring deals and stuff. It's interesting. I think we we, we had the right theory, but for the wrong team. Right. I think we didn't talk about the Cubs enough, right? We talked about the Brewers in their age, but the Cubs in their age is, you know, that I didn't really examine it too much, but they weren't really built to last. You know, it was kind of like a one-year blow everything into it, just pump as much money as you can into it, get good names, and let's go. Um, you know, and, and I think we, we had the, like I said before, we had the right theory, but for the wrong team. I, I agree with you there. Can I butt in real quick? Yeah, go okay. ahead. So with the Brewers... Uh, the Brewers, I think, for us, when we were talking about them, the reason why we're, they, we didn't think they were going to be sustainable and why they're, why they're proving us wrong right now is I, th- I thought we thought that their starting pitching wasn't going to last. That right. was the biggest right. thing, especially in a hitter park that is Miller Park. And I think with the Cubs, at least for the reasons why they're struggling now, obviously hitting's a struggle. Um, Chris Bryant has not regained 2016 MVP form. We know Rizzo, Rizzo and yeah. Rizzo. We need Schwarber to play great. I know Hayward's having a good start, but you're also missing bullpen pieces. Uh, Pedro Baez, Carl Edwards Mm -hmm. Jr. got sent down for poor play. Carl Edwards Jr., the dude who closed out the World Series in 2016, just got sent down to AAA um, because he was having a rough start to the season. But I think it's just a little – it's not more or less contracts. It's more or less they're just having bad form right now. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they haven't really – we haven't really seen 2016 form since then. Like even 2017 or 2018, we did not see that at all. So we're we're thinking that maybe it was just a fluke year, yeah. but at least they had that year. Yeah, I think you're totally right, Mac. Right theory, wrong team. And I think the reason why that I overlooked personally, I overlooked the, the Cubs, is because of how great of a year Javier Baez was having. And I was like, man, Javier Baez is having a great year. This is a really good, um, a good thing for the team. Just because moving forward, you you go off Javier Baez's season, you're like, this is. The kind of the kind of excellence that you would want for the players, we're going to begin to expect from bias. Yeah, you're going to expect expect from bias, and then that just hopefully elevates the team. But it really hasn't, and I, and you're definitely seeing the age play a factor, especially in that starting pitching and in the deeper parts of their lineup. Like the the core right. of their lineup yeah. is getting a lot yeah. older. Hayward's getting older. Um, because he's like the same, right? He came into the league the same year that Posey yeah, did. They're not really young and guys so anymore. This is what Hayward's tenth, almost his ninth year in the league. Um, there are guys who are like Rizzo's getting Rizzo's getting older. Yeah, I mean Bryant's not old, but he's having a down year. So yeah, like look at the rotation too. Lester is what thirty five. Yeah, 
you can't expect much from yeah, him he's, much he's longer. Cole Hamels, we know, has been resurgent over the past two years, and right. it's great to see. Jose Quintana's having a rough start to the season. You Darvish can't find anything besides a slider as at the moment. And Cal Hendricks, we've known he's not much of a strikeout guy, which means he relies on location and his pitch velocity. And he was already hovering around mid to low 90s to begin right, with. Yeah. And any drop for the, this year or the next year is only going to make his problems worse. So, yes, I think the window for the Cubs, we can say it's closing quick. Oh, it's 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 literally going to be this year. It's this year. I think it's I think it's I think they get I think they get a mulligan year like this year. I think this is their, like they're kind of like mulligan year just because everyone retooled, but they did not. Yeah. And they didn't take the opportunity to. I think next year is it. Yeah. Next time to pull St. Louis and rebuild on the fly for the Cubs. Yep. See if you can do it because yeah. you might as well because if, if you can't, who cares? Blow it up. Blow it all up at the end of the season. You at least or, got one World Series. Got, got title yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you have a lot of co- good pieces on on the Cubs, even though they may not be. Of huge, of huge, yeah. um, maybe like how like they don't have a bunch of value and maybe how well they're playing, but they have a lot of value in the individual player trade individual value. Player, individual yeah. trade, player, trade player value in what they bring to a locker room, and what they bring to um, a veteran presence, like guys like Ben Zobrist, guys like even a guy like a guy like Jason Hayward. I don't think they would want to trade Jason Hayward, but it's something to think about moving forward. Just because if you want. Especially since they're phasing in newer, younger outfielders, and they have um, guys they want to bring up, so it's time to think about that. Yeah, they have to. It's like what you said. You have to pull St. Louis somehow here, because you can't fully blow it up and then come back in a year, and you can't. It just it's an insanity is just beating your head against the wall, expecting the same again, the same result with the same team. So they're gonna have to rebuild on the fly. I'm thinking maybe if Jason Hayward stays hot, maybe you flip him for some. Like a few relievers here and there, and try to retool that bullpen or pitching staff because that's really that's big. where it starts. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Uh, just gotta start with pitching staff. Yeah, because if you put any pressure on that lineup, and because let's let's be honest, that lineup hasn't really been that hot. That you need to let them get a few at bats through the pitchers, and then they could probably generate some offense. Right. But yeah, I think that was a good talk about the Cubs. But more storylines. Obviously, the World Series hangover ho- uh, woes for the Red Sox. How long does this last? Let's just put. Do, do you think it lasts more than halfway through the season? No, I don't. I think I think they turn this around before the end of May. I think they're. I think they're. they're above five hundred by the end. They're of May. for sure above five hundred before the end of May, and then they compete over the summer. They're. I, I as much as I do understand and I see it, they're not. They're not playing well. They're not playing well. They're giving up a lot of runs, and I think their bullpens. I don't know anyone abysmal, in the bullpen. Abysmal. It's abysmal, and. But. Then again, what's what's leading me to think this, and again, I might be it's just might be my bias towards this, towards the New England teams. Um, I just think that this team in particular is so deep that they will string it together. Um, the wins that they've had have been very good wins, and I just think I don't know. You haven't you, you you're we're we're taking we're everyone is taking kind of like this overreaction, which rightful rightful reaction of them having this hangover, but moving forward. You have the league MVP in Mookie Betts. You have a the best two way outfield in baseball. You have an a real an elite level infield, and you have an above a historically above average pitching staff. That's where really it's going to lie is the pitching staff, just because the offense will come around, but the pitching staff needs to pick it's it up. Hold the if they down. do, if they they can't allow five, six, seven runs a game because the offense just will not generate them. They won't. No offense in baseball will generate runs like that. Yeah, they you just won't. Even the best teams in history don't generate that crazy level of offensive like put out where they'll put up six, seven runs a game. That you just won't happen, like for most teams. So mm-hmm. the pitching staff needs to get better. That's the key to it. If they if Sale just gets back to at least half of what he was, yeah, and Porcello gets back to half what he was, and will be in good shape. And Evaldi just just is consistent. And price two. And price two. If they all can do it, then I don't see why the Red Sox would turn can't turn this around. Why they couldn't like why they, why they yeah exactly why they they will turn it around. I I've hundred percent faith in them. It's just yeah they also got they also had to run into they ran into some just really weird matchups and yeah they just haven't been able to stop the bleeding and giving up runs. Yeah, provided the Rays eventually fall off like a little bit like because i don't think this is su- like what they're doing right now i don't think is super sustainable um 13 is not sustainable 
Right. Yeah. Provided provided they end up falling off, I, I think it should be fine for the Red Sox. Like you got like Matt said, they're gonna put it together. It's you know, World Series hangover happens. It's life. You know, it stuff moves on. But um, I think I think their biggest. I mean, we'll talk about this in the next little segment. But you know, their their biggest competition is obviously the Yankees. Um, and it, as long as they can kind of match the Yankees' output and production, I think they'll be in good shape to to at least get to the playoffs. Hey. No, I mean, I, I they're turning it around, no doubt. Like like I was saying, I'll even say by the time of end of march there'll be not even yeah march, the end of april, may april, the april, i'll say even by the end of april they'll be back to just above 500 and then that's, pushing it up there that's not that long from now though. i know i know but that's what i'm saying this is it's really early in the season this for is sure still really early and, and all see, of this I think is the thing that scares me is that they're not facing like i know they ran into seattle but the two of their series have been against the orioles like, mm-hmm. You you can't that's not you can't dismiss that that's a team that you should be getting wins against. Those, that's true, right? But how are you supposed to get motivated if you just won the World Series and now you have to go play two series versus the Orioles? Right? I know, like, how are but, you supposed to get in the zone for that? I, I don't know. It has to click over this weekend, and obviously today they already took the loss. It has to happen on Sunday. Whoever takes the hill on Sunday has to right start to right the ship. You have to start with a good week somewhere. I think I think the the whole thing with the Orioles it's. I think we forget that these guys don't look at those teams as like we should be beating these teams, especially how since how young the season is. I think you can expect that midway through the season, because so early on you have everyone's overreacting to everything. So I don't think the players are going in thinking that or the the Baltimore Orioles are going to be a cakewalk of a team. I think every team comes out the beginning of the season expecting to get to the playoffs and win the World Series, um, not expecting but at least pushing for it. So I don't think you can even put that designation on any team until you get into the middle of the summer. We're like, all right, for example, let's use, let's use the Rockies as an example. Say they continue on this, on this really awful run that they're on and they get, you get to the middle of the summer, every single team minus the rock minus maybe depending on who was in fourth place, but the top three teams in the national league West should expect to walk into Coors field or have them come over to their ballpark and have and stomp them just because they built the expectation that this team is basically out Yep. And we're gonna we're gonna roll steamroll them. Yeah. I think the Red Sox know how good they are, but they aren't gonna say that we're so good, we are completely beating ourselves up over the fact that we've lost a handful of games to a bunch of energetic young players in Baltimore who are getting to play for, on a big league team for the first time. True. So I would I, w- I w- yeah, I mean as much as we we know how bad the Orioles are about to be yeah. for the rest of the season. But I think the players don't think that yeah you bring up a really good point the players are thinking i need to go up there have a good at bat right i think that's the problem right now. find my groove for the season exactly i think i think that's the big thing the the red the red sox have not been able to find their groove this early on in the season i think that's the biggest problem that they're not able to start stringing wins once they string a few wins we'll know that okay once they get a good series in they'll be like okay like this th- this team's back it's like, gonna be like a streak of wins too i feel like yeah there's gonna, gonna be like a seven game win streak yeah. the one that like the Astros are currently on there. Like, okay, th- they've reaffirmed themselves as a, a playoff team, a World Series contender once again. But I don't know. It's just funny to think that two weeks into the season, they just haven't found any groove. Like, they've they've found wins here or there, but they've not stringed them together. Right. And uh, but I th- what I what I will say though is that, um, yeah, those losses have not looked good at all. Oh yeah. But no. the wins have looked good. The wins look really good, and you're and I'm, and that's what you're optimistic about, and that's what the players are focusing on. But yeah, I think the it's tough. It's definitely tough. Looking at you're like, man, they just lost two series to the Orioles. How? Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta think about it too. Like everyone comes out of the gate expecting to win, mm-hmm. so or needing or hungry to win. Yeah. Because they no one wants to lose. No one is expecting to. No one goes in the season and is like, yeah, we're gonna lose hundred games this year. No one's no. no one's thinking that. So. Um, it's tough. It's tough, especially with with this Red, Red Sox team. I hope I know they'll turn it around, but I just hope it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, stay in the NL East or AL East. What am I saying? Uh, the Yankees currently, I think, thirteen players, twelve to thirteen players, half of which are starters. I think most of them are starters, actually. Like eight of them are um, are currently on the injured list. Like if we just want to go down, as Matt find something, uh, <laughs> Luis Severino. Um, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, um, Gary Sanchez, Dylan Batances, 
then that's just the name of you. I haven't even pulled even, Severino, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah, even realize how Yankees injured list, injured. but this this team is beat up, and that's to say that's to be uh, very. Uh, that's an understatement. Let's say that. Can you go through the list of injuries? I kind of want to hear like what they're out for. Yeah, let's let's look at this. It's pretty bad. Like it's and, okay. and that's why that's why I'm not super so, concerned about the start. And that's why you shouldn't be concerned about the start. Let's look at this. <laughs> Who we've got Jordan Montgomery expected to be out at least until August fifteenth. Giancarlo Stan expected to be to be out for at least another week. Miguel Andujar expected out till May. Okay. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury not really relevant. Ben Heller not relevant. I don't know. Uh, Didi Gregorius out at least until June fifteenth. Sevi out at least until July. Batanzas out until early of June. Gary Sanchez out for another week. Aaron Hicks out till beginning of May. Tulowitzki out till the 16th, which is a few days from now. Oh my gosh. It's that's they're starting that, that's, that's like the trip lot, it's like it's like yeah. you're facing the 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 Yankees triple A team. Yeah. How much bleeding can go on until it's panic bleeding? There can be a lot of bleeding, to be honest. If I'm completely being completely honest with you. If they were to stay if where 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 are they right now? Are they are they they're five and are they five and ten as well? They are Yankees six are six and, and eight. Six yeah. and eight. Six and eight. If they kept that for like the next month, they kept that like general like close to five hundred. Yeah. They're going to be okay. I mean, they're in second place in the division right now. I mean, it's just because the, the Rays have only lost three games. Right. I, I wouldn't like I said I wouldn't be too worried. This there's a lot of. Injuries. I think this is more to be worried about just because then the Red Sox be, will tell you that. Yeah, just because they're going to be flip flopping the roster so much with injuries, guys coming back and. They're going to be throwing out new looks for a long time, and it's going to be hard for them to find out what's necessarily going to get them wins and on the right track to start winning uh, like consistently. There's just so much talent on this team, though, right? No, like, see, that's the thing. But the talent, like, who who else is going to hit for that team? We all know Glaber Torres is great and all, but who else? Greg Bird, Luke Voigt. Is that going to be enough to right the ship with James Paxton? Dude, Voigt's been off to a crazy start. I understand that, but keep in mind that they're 6-8, and eight, and they've also gone up against the Orioles as well. If they can stay, like, even within the ballpark of 500 until a majority of those guys get back, I'm literally not worried at all, like, th- whatsoever. The, the the thing that's that's kind of concerning, though, is that you're not going to find— because like, it does matter when you have not eight or nine guys that play every day together— we we're seeing some teams pull together, like already creating the atmosphere of once everyone's hot, we're hot as a team. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No one's struggling, or if you're struggling, you're not struggling nearly as bad as as you normally would be if the team was struggling. But I'm concerned mainly because I don't think the Yankees will get into that groove mm-hmm. until like after the All Star break, yeah. which is like really scary to think about because the first half of the season is really important to at least solidify some sort of foundation to make a playoff run. Because if you don't, then like if you're literally like 15 games out going into the break, you you don't make you. It's really hard to make up that kind of ground. It's ma- you have to have some magic. You yeah, you do have to have some magic and. I think with the Yankees, it's they're just not going to find a groove until much, much later in the season. August, I, I, so. I, I'd say it's like August until they really find that groove. Yeah. And we're back. Um, Matt had to depart to go somewhere, so uh, good tidings to him. Hope he has a good, great rest of his day. Um, <laughs> good tidings. <laughs> good tidings. Uh, <laughs> as we finish, as we go along the storylines uh, in the MLB in this MLB segment. Let's talk about the Mets. It's I don't know. It's it's not like they're making extreme headlines, but I remember what twenty. I forgot when I said this, but I've always thought the Mets were a healthy team away from making major damage in the East. Well, it was weird because they were showing a lot of promise, like what two two three seasons ago, where they made like a deep. I think the World Series. The, run. the World Series mm-hmm. run. Yeah, and then after that teetering off and then last season only notable guy DeGrom, DeGrom who's then. who's playing even better than yeah. before yeah and then this season all of a sudden flipped it on it's flipped 180 and now it's I'm gonna... telling you they got Diaz they got Familia in that bullpen they got um in terms of starters they they got a good line they got DeGrom Syndergaard um who's who I think Mats they got a solid three-guy rotation that they can make into the playoffs. So I think the key is here for the Mets 
can they make it to the playoffs? Because we know yeah. that DeGrom can give you those one-game masterpieces. And I know he hasn't proved it into the playoffs yet, but I think we're all confident, especially with last year's performance, that he can do he can go into he's a wild card game and do six of, innings. Right. He's capable of going out and especially in a big game, if he needs to, I, I feel like he'd be a dumb dude. Force out dude's there been ground. honestly on one of the best tears. I think he's been on the best tear that I've ever seen, like as long in like my lifetime. Like in terms of how good he's been. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's been like insane. I know that like Pedro Martinez back then was probably on a better run, but like in terms of like me following it now, easily the best run. I know like Kershaw twenty fifteen was Obviously, something to behold. It was historic for sure, but Degrom is just dominant he's, he's on another turned, level. He's turned 2018 like up a notch. Yeah, yeah. Like he's fantastic, and I know he just gave up. Like this was the the loss against the Twins was his first non quality start in like 50 starts. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. He's wow. had that many consistent like st- uh, quality starts. For quality starts, people who don't know. I think it's six innings and three runs. I'm th- pretty think, sure it's that. I think it's nine. six innings and three runs. If you go like that with those uh, three runs or less, that's a quality start. He, that's a sign of consistency that you can kind of rely on what come wild card time or division division series time. Mm-hmm. So do you guys think that they can make it to the playoffs? Keep in mind, there's the Nationals, who you can't count out with the bats of uh, Victor Robles Honestly, and uh, Juan Soto. Honestly, I'm always going to count out the Nationals. You can count out the Nationals? I'm, I'm going yeah, to. You I'm do have a long history no of choking. Harper yeah. and... The Phillies are only a half game back. The Braves, we, we, we're, we'll we touch on the Braves in a sec for a different reason, but the Braves, if they can fit, fix, uh, fix the pitching picture, that is their rotation and bullpen, they could be something. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. I'm thinking this team, this team may have what it takes because you got Robinson Cano, who's looking real nice again. He's finally coming back from... Uh, the 80 game PED suspension that he took. Mm-hmm. And I remember he hit like, I forgot what game it was, but he hit like a game tying home run in the eighth, bottom of the eighth. I don't know if you guys saw that, like onto the bridge on the, in right field, oh, city field. Yeah. Dude, yeah. it was nice. <laughs> and we were, we're forgetting about um, Pete Alonzo. Yes. Pete Alonzo. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's hit what? Six home runs. He hit. Yeah. He has six home runs. He leads their team in batting average at 370. He also leads their team in RBIs with 17. He's doing well. He's starting off he's, season he's strong. He's doing well. I remember, he, and I think it was either last night or two nights ago, he hit like a 454-foot four home run. Like, I think it was in the Braves Park? It was like 118. I'm not sure which one you're I, I forgot what it was, but it was 118 miles an hour like exit velocity, and it hit into like some pond. I think That's it's Braves crushed. in the center field. But yes, the Pete Alonso has definitely been a big story. I, I, think, I think the whole Mets, as long as they can stick together, they're going to be that team. They're going to be the New York team. I, I know it may be blasphemous to say that. I mean, it is kind of from the start. I mean, it's not. It's I mean, not. It, this team's good. You, you got Syndergaard. You got Decrom. You got Matt. So weird from coming from last season, like going into this season, I didn't expect them to be this good. This yeah, from the start at least. It's it's as long as they stay healthy. I think we've always said that. As long as they can stay healthy, their rotation and their players, their production players. As long as they can stay healthy. This team can put it together, especially in a division where this there's a lot of almost like a toss up. It's, like, it's a toss up, and a lot of these guys are going to be eating away at each other. That as long as they can just stay above the rest, stay right. above the rest, they could come out with the division come October, right? And and it can lead into D- Jacob Degrom having enough to lead them to maybe a World Series with his fantastic pitching. I think they're in the best division to do that out of. Oh, the NL? Yeah, in the NL. Yes, they that, are. That's, yeah, they are. That's the best division they can be in to make a playoff run just based off of their competition going into it. Because those guys, I mean, it's not like the teams around them are bad. It's just there's no number one team in that division that's like, all right, uh, looking at it from the very beginning of the season, like you're like, all right, Phillies are taking that, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people like we, say we that. All, we all knew the Phillies would contend, and they are going to contend. They're yeah. probably going to get the one or the, them or the Mets are probably going to get the wild card spot. But it was never like, oh, yeah, they're Phillies running away with it. Yeah. yeah, it was never that. So that's why, like, I mean, you look at other divisions, even in the NL, you see teams, you look at the West, you say, oh, Dodgers. And even now, I mean, it's not that, not the case, but um, look on the other side, you got what, the. The Brewers, you got the Cardinals, Cardinals, and we're still forgetting about the Cubs, who could potentially turn it around. So, like you look at teams, you're able to point out, like, oh yeah, those teams will be there by the time it comes come playoff time. But yeah, you look at their division, 
It's like, oh, you know what? There's a case for each one of them, but as long as one team stays above, right? They can they can and do so it. So that's why, like the Mets, they do they have a really good chance of making that playoff push. So one thing before we move on from the Mets, um, this is kind of blowing my mind right now. Jacob Degrom has 27 strikeouts over 17 innings pitched, and he's currently wow. averaging 14.3 Ks per nine innings. I'm telling, you, he's turned up 2018 to another level, bro. And we didn't think, because I remember being there, we were talking about it on the podcast when he was setting all those records with with how dominant he was compared mm-hmm. to Kershaw's Cy Young season and how it's arguably better. Yeah. This season, if he continues on this this pace, it, it's... He's, he's looking at another Cy Young, honestly. It's another Cy Young, and there's no one in the NL to catch him. Yeah. And, as I, and I know that we said Walker Bueller, but Walker Bueller would have to do something amazing, truly amazing, yeah, he'd have to catch up to the ground. Especially if Mets are winning more this season oh, yeah. with him. Oh, what about Scherzer, too, no, though? Scherzer's always in the mix. He's he, I, I still think Scherzer has some really, really filthy stuff, but I don't know if he's going to get those wins. Yeah, yeah Especially with Bryce out that's and definitely true. a bunch of the players regressing. I don't know if Rendon's going to get shipped away, depending on what the season's looking like. Mm-hmm. If he can, if he can somehow string the wins together, yeah, sure, he's in the conversation. He's always in the conversation. He's ever, he's always been in the conversations ever since he's been in, in the National League. But I think that the the Mets are getting Degrom wins, and that's big. Yeah, that's huge. That helps him so much more. Uh, I think with that uh, last uh, storyline topic, at least when it comes to a certain team. The Rockies coming off their three and eleven start, maybe a three and twelve start. Let's, let me look at the score oh, real yeah, quick. Losing now, three and twelve. Oh, final score: yeah. five to two. Five, five, <laughs> five to two. Giants. The Rockies are three and twelve through. I'm sorry about that. The Rockies are three and twelve through fifteen games. I'm sorry about that, folks. I had a, a, a filthy uh, <laughs> carne asada fries for lunch. <laughs> uh, carnitas fries. Uh, Matt had it too, but you can definitely hear it in my voice. Uh, but they're three and twelve. The run differential of thirty six. They've only put up forty two runs on the season. Hey, I mean the Giants wow. haven't put up much either. I mean they've put up they put up forty seven, but they've only given up fifty one. You want to you want to take a guess at how much the Rockies have given up? I'm gonna say eighties, seventy eight. Wow, Ooh, wow. pretty close. <laughs> Meanwhile, the first place Padres are dead. Are who are ten and five? They've they have an even run diff. Um, they're like 50s, aren't they? 55 and 55. Yeah. Wow. It is what it is, and it's luck for that's certain a, that's other teams. interesting indicator. Yeah, yeah. You look down at the Dodgers, what, 100, 100-something runs? 101 runs, long. but yeah. only you've already given up 82. Wow. So it it comes and it goes. It's yeah. That means what? You win big, and you you win small, and you lose big. Yeah. That's okay. A win's a win's a loss is a loss. Yeah. But uh, with that, do you think the Rockies should begin to look at selling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because the last couple seasons, they've had good teams, not like the best in the NL West necessarily, but teams that should at least had a chance at making a, a good run. Like, there were like a few pieces here and there. They've them. always been competitive, right? for sure. And so, like... I feel like they need to rebuild just based off of or blow up and find new pieces just for their bullpen. I mean, I mean, Rockies, it's hard to find good pitching in Colorado, but yeah, I feel like that's the most important thing now. It's like instead of focusing on finding players to go out and run produced, maybe look on the other end of the spectrum, maybe focus a little more and put more time into your, your pen and pitching staff, your pitching staff and, Start there. Start there. The runs will, the runs will come in Colorado. Like, oh yeah, though that will that that's inevitable. But like, if you as a team like that's in that setting, that uh, location, I guess. Yeah, pitching it should be your number one focus, and I feel like this season, this season, and this start should show them like, hey, we need to shift our focus here if we want to get back to a playoff position at least. Uh, with the Rockies being at the the stage and with the contract extension that they gave to Arenado, does he get moved? I hope. do. You, do you th- do you think he gets moved? I I don't think he's gonna get moved because Colorado kind of backed themselves into a corner here. Yeah. They gave they gave that guy a lot of money. Um, I love Arenado. He's a great defensive player. You know, decent hitter as well. But he started this year with a slump. Yeah, he really has. He's he's currently batting two forty six. Um, 
I mean, the, the... I wouldn't give up on him this early. No, exa- and that's and that's him. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, I hope Colorado doesn't move off of him. Like, I, I'm like they back themselves into a corner with his contract, which I think is a good thing. Like, I think they, they kind of made it unavailable for other teams to kind of come looking for him. And I think that's I think that's a smart thing to do. I mean, you still have time with him. Um, you have enough pieces left on your roster that if you do decide to sell, and you can kind of sort of start to rebuild around Nolan Arenado again. I mean... I think I think you don't even consider trading Arnado. Like yeah, I, th- I think he's really the only piece that is is completely off you the just trade keep block. Around. Yeah, because I mean, if you get a if you guy of that if you get a guy of that talent level and you sign him to that much money, it shows that you have a bunch of faith and confidence in him. And so turning right around and 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 shipping him away, I feel like would just be stupid. Like it would show that your organization has literally no idea what they're doing. Like at least keep some sort of like constant stream of thought about where you want to go with your baseball team. Hmm. Yeah, it's just I don't know. As a, as a team that we thought was going to be the second place team, because I, I I personally did not see anywhere. I, I saw them. I thought they were third at least. Yeah, I didn't they, see at them least third. Because with the I thought the Padres would be third. Realistically, as much as I'm a Padres fan, I was I had to be a realist. I've got it. A third place finish, I'll take it. Yeah. A third to second place, it's a reasonable finish. But the Rockies being this poor to start out the season, three and twelve, it's once I, again it's, still it's, early. Still it's early, it's early you don't know, but. but. It's early, it's but they're already good at all. <laughs> Wait, let me refresh the page. They're three and twelve. They're seven games back of the pods right now. It's and that early too. Yeah. And I think they're coming. I think the, either the Padres come to the Rockies or the Rockies come to the Padres. Um, regardless, get out the brooms. Get out the brooms. Hey, actually, I don't know. See, that's that's the thing. For once, San Diego can get out the brooms instead of having the brooms used hey, on them. Hey, hey, we may we may pull out the brooms against Arizona this uh this, you better. Uh, oh my series. goodness! Speaking They're of, so mediocre. But yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about series to watch in a few minutes. But one topic that's been brewing over spring break, um, at the beginning of this uh, baseball season, is contract extensions. And you're thinking, okay, free agents getting contracts, contract extensions. Are you thinking, oh, like Mike Trout and Nolan Arenado? What's so out of the ordinary? They're they're great players. They're getting paid their worth. But we're talking about special kinds of contracts with young stars on the rise. We're talking about. Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, Aaron Nola, Randall Grichik, which was this is this is going to be really huge. Um, Luis Severino, Max Kepler, to a lesser extent, these guys are getting good money, long term. Like Acuna, eight year, hundred mil, that's a good deal. But I think the real gripe that at least I'm having, I don't know about your guys' position on this. Is that as team friendly as it is? It's somewhat disrespectful to the player. You're you're saying we're gonna buy out your first eight years here, at least for Acuna's sake. We're gonna give you a hundred million. That's an average annual value of twelve and a half. Mm-hmm. We all know right now, if he's getting paid market value, he's worth more than twelve and a half. He's worth like seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. maybe pushing nineteen million. Yeah, close to twenty for sure. It's. And it prevents players from reaching, at least in this current part, a uh, current part um, of buying out some of their free agent years. They're preventing from being paid their actual worth, their actual player value, and that's pretty disrespectful, in my opinion. And as much as it's team friendly, look like I, as Acuna's is eight over one hundred, and Acuna's a really good player. He was NL Rookie of the Year, yep. last year, yeah. And you know who was second in that? Ozzy Albie's, and he's really good too, a second baseman that can really hit. Um, but he got probably one of the most disrespectful contracts, and whoever his agent is should be fired because I don't, I wouldn't even t- let him take that <laughs> deal. That's a terrible deal, ladies and gentlemen. He got he signed over the weekend, over the week, a seven-year, thirty-five million dollar contract for you guys who are doing the math in your head. That's five million a year, average annual for value. Seven years. Five million for seven years, and as much yes, thirty-five million is great, but he's at least worth double that. I, oh yeah. To me, he's worth double. That's ten million. A year. He's easy a, t- a ten mil player. He, he's a star. He's going to be here for a long time. He doesn't play. He's. N- it doesn't look like he's going to get injured at all. He's a second baseman. Doesn't have to rely on insane arm strength. Mm-hmm. He's going to be here for a while. Why not pay the man what he's worth at the plate? S- uh, same thing with Aaron Nola, who got. It wasn't was say a highway robbery, which we which you would consider Ozzy Albie's contract uh, yeah, to be. That was a robbery. Aaron Knowles was okay. I think it was like a three-year, forty-something. I for, I forget if you only oh, no, guys can three-year. I don't I don't know the details of the Aaron. No, I thought it was forty-five. I could be wrong on that. I'm thinking forty-two. Four-year, forty-five. Okay, yeah, that's 45. 
that's really disrespectful too. Uh, not well, as bad. Four as, years, four, four years, years forty-five. But it's for an ace. Yeah. And yeah. Aaron Nola has proven himself. That's eleven point two five a year. That's yeah. Dude, for I mean, pitchers, it's harder. I mean, as a team, it's harder to rely on a pitcher for like a seven-year or right. eight-year like that. So four years. Yeah, but the amount of money for those four caliber, years. Yeah, and that's it's it's still the one that really, really, really got me. Um, let me search up Randall Grichuk real quick. Uh, if you guys remember Randall Grichuk, he was with the Cardinals for a few years. Um, played a pretty good, a pretty good player overall in terms of. I think of, I remember the name. I, yeah, I, see, I, you've, heard, you've heard of him. Yeah. You've heard of him before. As of right now, he's at a total of nine point three career WAR. He's had a decent career. He's been in the league for four years. Four. Let me think. So relatively five years. Young. Five five Rel- years. Okay. Guess what? He just got given. He was given a five-year, fifty-two. Oh, by the Blue Jays, mm. and I'm not. This is not. Let's just saying uh, buying out the arbitration years or, or the free agent years, but I'm confused. If uh, and this is this goes back to Albies to see how much of a highway robbery this dude is. Like Albies has already got, I think, like three or four war his first season, and he was fantastic. I think he should have been an all-star if he wasn't already. But guys like Randall Grichik, who's he only had like two war last year, mm-hmm. gets paid fifty-two over five. That's an average annual of ten. That's I don't know. It's just it just further goes along to uh, illustrate how much uh, some of these really young players like Luis Severino. Let's go to him, and he was electric last year. Yeah. If you guys remember, oh yeah, Severino contract. His is getting paid a a four-year. Where is it? A four-year forty for a ten a, a ten mil for an ace. That's <sighs> it's, it's it's still I, bad. I feel like it's uh, with pitchers. It's so yeah, I, position I, players. I get where Peyton's going on this. The, the 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 pitchers it's harder to make an argument for because you know you don't rely on them every game, and there mm. are certain situations in which you just can't rely on them like you can't a position player. Um, but yeah, Albie's contract is just. Like you said, whoever whoever is his agent, man, you got to do a better they, job. They, they even that. tried simulating. They even tried simulating it in um, uh, what do you call it? The show. The show. Oh. The lowest he would take would be like a, an eight year one twenty five. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> oh, wow. The developers are kind of. <laughs> but that's not they wrong. Got a lot of faith in it. Oh my goodness. But they're not wrong. It, it, I know, like eight year one twenty five. That's what. Uh, traffic. But it's like fifteen point six for fifteen point six. Okay, that's decent. Maybe he's a little overpaying his value, but maybe he uh uh, what do you call it? Gets better over the next year, and maybe he's worth that fifteen point six annual value. But five, five guys, like this is disrespectful. And I know <laughs> no, we're that's, that's straight up disrespectful. And I know we're setting up these guys for life and generations for life for some of these players, but. You can give these guys a little more. You need to, you need to pay the players market value. Like just because you you have the opportunity to pull the the wool over someone's eyes and make them well, think that they're see, only no, worth no, no, no. that much. Like, it's, I know that, but I don't know. I think the my personal gripe with was that first of all, Atlanta was disrespectful enough to give him that offer, mm-hmm. and second of all, whoever his agent was was disrespectful enough to accept that offer. Yeah. If he got like seven years, seventy, I'd be okay. Seven seventy—that's a good deal. Ten year, he's worth it. But seven thirty-five, half the value. Come on, and I know baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. When that's fantastic for baseball players, I still think it's disrespectful. Yeah, I agree. There's there's not much else to say. It's just it's sad when you see a young player get a star. Yeah, yeah a young, a young star, star get fleeced like this. Are so. So they're weird different than other sports they're weird they're for those who weird. don't know there's this thing is called arbitration and it's where it's 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 i don't know it's like you 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 say okay the player wants to get paid this much money for the at least the, this one year contract the team says we'll pay him this much and then a third party panel comes in and says okay who who's right and who gets paid what so it's either the team's right or the player's right most 58% of the time which i've read up on the team's right. The team gets correct, and they get to pay whatever they want to pay the player. But this right here is, I don't know, it's it's not right. Because keep in mind, the minimum uh, salary, which is like the first three years of a, 
a player, mm-hmm. 545k. And I know that you're setting up someone like Albies who, say, in two years' time, maybe he's not good at all. Maybe at the at this time, seven years, 35 is a run at highway robbery, but say he gets hurt. Then yeah. it may, then and his career's over, then it may completely shift. But at least for right now, this deal is a steal, to say the least. And I think it... It's it's good and bad for certain points. It's it's disrespectful, first of all, by the owners and the GMs to offer this stuff. But at the same time, it minimizes risk. Say that this player doesn't have the greatest career. Yeah, then they, they pay the right price for him. They, then you pay the right price for him. Like, say they have an average career where they ha- they fall off after seven years. Then they start to fall off. Then you pay them 35 it's mil. It's worth a loss. Yeah, or like Acuna. You paid him 100 mil over eight years, 12 and a half. That's fine. Yeah. He's he's going to be around for that long. But I, I think it's just, at least for me, I'm getting wound up that Albies is getting paid that little. It's 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 not right. I can like, see it, yeah. Like, come on, guys. Steph's getting paid 40 mil a year. This dude is hitting 90 mile an hour fastballs. And whoa, whoa! Is that some disrespect on Steph Curry? We're not disrespecting <laughs> Steph Curry. I, I, I just brought whoa. him up because I was thinking forty mil a year. I think Steph's getting paid at least forty mil a year. Mm-hmm. But come on, this dude's making in seven years what Steph's making in one. And I think that proportionality in terms of a skill, talent, to see how good he is in, in a sport that's would you say gaining popularity again? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. With, the whole, with the whole "let the kids play" thing, the MLB really is kind of coming back yeah. into its own. Now yeah, that bat get, flips are allowed, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, getting, yeah. getting, getting, uh, regaining popularity. I think it's disrespectful to say that Albies is getting paid seven thirty-five, but we'll touch on that in a later date. I'm sure Matt would like to have a say. Um, oh, Matt, yeah, I feel. Like yeah, I, I feel he'd have a lot to say about that. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. We'll 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 touch on that in the next sl- sliding glide uh, as a like a little epilogue to to this version. But um, last thing before we head out, series to watch over the next week. Ooh, Mac, I can start. Mac, start. Yeah, um, let's start with the weekend. So this Saturday, yeah. Sunday, because this so, is going to go up in a few hours. So Saturday, Sunday, um, I am trying my best to get out of here as quickly as possible, so I can go put on that Brewers Dodgers game. Um, We're going to lose again. Stop. That series is going to look great. It's going to be fun. That's a, an opportunity for the Dodgers to turn around their their, their quick little slide right I'm telling here. Telling you, Jansen with that balk last night, not looking good. Stop. You know I already hate Jansen. I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll, stop. we'll stop. I know Matt, I know Matt in spirit is saying, let's not open these can of worms. Yeah. So exactly. I'll stop. We'll for, stop. For the sake of Matt, and I know we're recording his place, uh, Let's. we'll stop. So, Matt, go on ahead. Brewers, Dodgers, just keep an eye on it. It'll be a fun deal. Um, over the weekend for me, I got to say this, uh, let me pull it up. I forget what series it is exactly. Peyton, you got to want to say anything? Uh, still going on Astros Mariners. Oh, I was going to say Astros Mariners. That's a fun series. That's a fun series. Because Astros have been trending upwards after their kind of slow start. They can really hit too, man. Oh my goodness. And Mariners still being hot from the gate like they are, so. That's going to be a run fest. That's why I'm like, oh, yeah. if, if, if you want to start watching baseball and you want to see, you think it's too boring, watch Mariners-Astros. They're probably going to put up runs. There's going to be runs. a lot of home runs in that game. Yeah. In that series, so, at least. Should be fun. Me. I got uh, one series. One of them is the game, the game, the first, the Saturday game of the series is going on right now. New York at Atlanta. The oh, good yeah. AL East, yeah. NL East uh, division rivalry. Jacob DeGrom starts Sunday night baseball tomorrow night, so make sure you guys tune into that, see if he's going to regain his form as he kind of slipped last uh, over the past week. And then I'll start the series, the midweek series. New York, the Mets, again. I believe they, is, I think it's a four-game series. Let me check if it's a four-game series or not. But Mets-Braves, right? Uh, yeah, currently it's Mets-Braves, but starting in the week, a three-game series at Philadelphia. Cindergard versus Nola, Mats versus Pavetta, and Wheeler versus Arietta. That's going to be a fantastic series to open up the week. And you guys got any? Yeah, I do. Uh, quick little series on Tuesday and Wednesday: Red Sox Yankees. Um, obviously, always a always a really great series to watch. But it should be a good opportunity for the Red Sox, kind of similarly to the Dodgers, to try and turn around their their very slow start they've been having here. The Yankees, as we discussed on the podcast earlier are very injured, and uh, that should be a, a, a winnable two games for the Red Sox there. Two so, out of three. Yeah, two out of three at least. Keep your eyes on that one. Peyton, you Another one. Um, wow, I actually just saw that. Uh, Cardinals-Brewers going into the week. Cardinals-Brewers, that's Cardinals a really Bo- good. Brewers. NL that's going to be a fun one to see. Uh, I mean, Cardinals, 
I always like watching the Cardinals. Dude, it like always impresses me how the Cardinals be, keep staying relevant. Exactly. There's going to be a year. Exactly. W- there's like one year where they're like, oh, they're, te- down, they're, they're, te- down they're teetering year. on rebuilding. Yeah. And then the next year they find a good guy in the farm. Yeah. And then they bring one far- farm guy up. And one farm like, guy up. And then you get you get one guy over in a trade that starts doing well. And they're like, oh, okay, this team's back in playoff contention. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Cardinals. You guys amaze me with how longevity, relevant you stay longevity it's like sure. it's like the spurs but it's like obviously it's tougher to make the playoffs yeah but how relevant they are and how relevant they've been always been. there's never yeah. been a dull time to be a cardinals fan and i, th- I feel like Best that's why they show baseball out. yeah or so they tell themselves so yeah i'd say those are the ones to watch out for i mean brewers and cardinals going into the week so um that's i mean that's, that's really it, it. But that's it to the second part, the a longer day in terms of recording for the State Sports crew. But we were excited for this one. We're, we're excited. excited. There's it's a lot because we haven't really talked about it since spring break, and there's a lot of MLB stuff to talk about. A lot of storylines this early in the season that we want to touch on. Let you guys know what's what's the hot story. What's the hot um, hot team, especially with Slide and Glide is back. So make sure you stay tuned for your weekly segment of that. Um, but with that, um, I know for Matt Leong, I'm Nick Ricario. I'm Peyton Smith. And I'm Mac Dolphy. And we'll catch you in the next one. Later. Peace.